everyone to polk and kush it is friday february 9th 2024 happy mardi gras everyone and polk is taking a picture of my dog's butthole it's the crew of polk and kush everybody <laughs> it's a tradition <laughs> it wasn't specifically it's not like it's a science experiment <laughs> I'm taking a picture of your dog who just happens to be showing whole within the first couple of minutes of this broadcast, which is what the fans have been asking for for a very long time. They want more audio nudity. He's not bashful. That's for dang sure. He is not a bashful dog. He is a, a, an 11-year-old. Wow. 11-year-old uh, French bulldog, which means he can barely move, and he's incontinent. And it's fantastic. And now you can hear planes coming overhead. It's a real uh, nature scene <laughs> out here uh, in the Polk and Kush backyard. Sponsored, of course, by the Garden Gates Landscape Company. Jesse did the turf out in the front yard, did the turf in the backyard. We'll, of course, uh, talk more about them later. But a beautiful night, a beautiful night to for us to be skipping parades while the rest of the city is uh, jamming their way onto uh, St. Charles and Napoleon. Yeah, people are out there. They are excited to see if these floats can make a slight right turn <laughs> without coming off the axle, blowing up a transformer, four-hour delays. Can they make the slight three-foot turn at eight miles an hour? <laughs> and the thing about it is there's no way to prepare no, they There's, couldn't have possibly. They, how would you possibly have ever been able? What sort of math wizard would you have to be for anyone to know that a, something was going to hit a tree of a certain height was going to hit a tree no. as it drove down the street? Almost impossible to know that. Why don't you just take the biggest float in your crew <laughs> and have it ride the route? Wouldn't that be like the best holiday, like the best pre-holiday? Like right now, people go stand out on the streetcar line. For that stupid, funny, 40 fellows thing. If yeah, instead yeah. of that, they had like one float from each crew go down at midnight on the 6th. Oh, yeah. And then everyone would be able to know what was going on or even, you know, like a week later. It just seems like you'd be uh, really ahead of the game. And maybe, perhaps, you wouldn't have giant two-hour delays in the middle of uh, parades. You could call it secret gras. Yeah. And say absolutely no tourist. <laughs> <laughs> that would work out for a day. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next year it'd be just jammed with, you know, people from uh from blogs and influencers with, you know, the sticks and the whatever. Yeah. Uh I think it's a good idea though. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a whole thing, but I'm sure everyone who's listening to this is uh hungover and was at Muses uh last night, or maybe if you're listening to it later on the weekend because it's four thirty in the morning and you're trying to get your spot on the uh on the avenue. And you're like, I need something to listen to for an hour. Well, we are here for you. We're here for those of you dads who have to camp out on the neutral ground because your families desperately need uh, a 11 by 14 foot spot where they can uh, all gather and catch shit that you will immediately throw away. 
Happy Mardi Gras, everyone. I think this podcast is specifically to be listened to while you are fighting to keep people away <laughs> from the square you've spray painted. Listen, you're going to... You know how many times I've seen people doing that, and then like even before the first truck goes by, they're like snorting pills off their phone? <laughs> Like you don't real you can do drugs outside anywhere. You don't have to involve the parade. Most don't. Yeah, it's, people do it at Jazz Fest too. I love that they come in with the tarps and just set up the whole thing at eleven o'clock. I'm like, how many people are you expecting here? You you understand that there's a, a hundred thousand people that are here, and they need to get in every spot of this. And you're going to cordon it off with your spray paint slash giant tarps that are supposedly illegal, but no one cares about. Yeah, they put out the rules, and they said that like you can't have an enclosed tent. I've never seen an open tent. Never. Ever. Yeah. And then they, I guess they uh, stopped the uh, streetcar so, yeah. because people are just partying <laughs> on the tracks too hard. It stops at Napoleon. They're, you used to be able to take it all the way downtown, which I used to do on Friday. Yeah. Take it in the morning all the way downtown. It was a great thing to go do. And now they have to stop at Napoleon because there's too much shit on the middle of Nutrigrad. Well, that's good. Yeah, but you know who's worse than those people? Who? The ones who are going down the neutral ground and throwing other people's things away. Is that worse? Those people are somehow worse. I don't know why or how, but they actually, the fact that they're that mad about it to do something about it instead of just bitch about it, uh, that to me is worse. If you're walking up and down like vigilante, uh, you know, you're the Batman of tarps and uh, trying to throw sh everybody else's shit away so that there's... You're the egalitarian man of the people like Robin Hood or something like that, trying to give more space back to those who show up late. I, I don't fully understand what the point of any of it is, uh, quite frankly. But uh, there's a guy who was very excited about it on Twitter who was posting about it. And it, then he got like some press and he's very proud of himself. Well, that's good. Yeah. I think it's the only uh, civic duty that New Orleanians can do that actually affects anything. Yeah. Is going and throwing away someone's stuff. Because you can't <laughs> go and throw away Intergy's stuff. You can't go and throw away the sewage and water board stuff. No. Nope. You can go and throw away some guy's stuff. Yes. That is breaking the rules. And hope he's not there yeah. to beat the piss out of you if he ever sees you doing it. Yeah, I don't think it's like a guy that looks like, you know, Elliot Smith or no. anything. <laughs> it's going to be a Brock Lesnar type character. <laughs> I've seen people on their laptops out there. It's great, man. It's uh, I think if they're out there, physically out there. Yeah, you'd kind of deserve it's it. It's fine. Yeah, you've, you've earned the land if you're willing to squat on it for that And I've, I've seen people do that. They're yeah. out there. They're just sitting there staring. It's funny. <laughs> that's the only time I don't see somebody on their phone is whenever they need to. They're so vigilant that they're just staring straight ahead. They've all got that Michael Douglas look at the, you know, we stopped serving breakfast at 1030. And they're just staring out across the avenue, just waiting for someone to fuck with them one more time. So this can... is the falling down podcast. <laughs> I've seen that movie once 30 years ago. But it and stuck that with stuck you. with me because it feels like my life every day. I'm, I'm there at 1031 a.m. That's my whole life. Is me standing there staring at a McDonald's board at 10.31 a.m. Uh, yeah, Mardi Gras is great in general. I'm very happy for it. I don't participate in it all that much, uh, but I am happy it's here. I'm happy it's back. Everyone seems very festive. Everything seems very happy. The weather was great mostly last weekend, particularly on Sunday. It was good to get everybody out there, and it does feel like the city has 
the mood picks up. It does feel like in the city. Everybody's looking for king cakes. Everybody's kind of got a common purpose uh, of, you know, not just wanting to shoot each other in the face all the time, but also uh, festive spirit of this is a thing that we do here. And so I do appreciate Mardi Gras, even though I am not necessarily a big participator in Mardi Gras. <laughs> I, um, the other day I looked down, like I was just trying to look busy for a little while and I looked at it, I just wrote down King Cake over and over <laughs> because that's all anybody at work was saying. It was like The Shining, but I had just written King Cake. I was like, you know, I'm like looking at people and nodding, but I'm just writing the words King Cake over and over. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. It's, uh, you know, it's cinnamony. <laughs> It's got goo in it. Like, what What can you say about king cake that hasn't already been said? It's such a great annual conversation to have with coworkers. It replaces the weather completely. Yes. No more weather talk. Uh-huh. Now it's just king cake. And what parades did you see? Yeah. And then a little bit of, like, Super Bowl sprinkled in. But even then, that's kind yeah. of on the back burner here. It's more like, what king cake did you go get this week? And yeah. then it's like, or, or then you know, somebody brings in a king cake. And it's like, oh, this one's from... Dong Fong, and this one's from Kaluta's. This and it's like they all taste ninety four percent the same. But we're gonna really pick at the edges of exactly what we're talking about here, and it is uh, it's really our entire discourse as a town. Yeah, I don't um, I don't participate in the king cake stuff, but I like to bring in tuna casserole. <laughs> That's what I do for. I just bring it in every morning, set it down on the. I put a baby in it right next to it. Yeah. Except it's a real live human yeah. baby. Yes. <laughs> um, Your freak dog is staring at me. He's looking like right a, at you with those teeth. Like there's hanging a out. dead person standing immediately <laughs> behind me. It's a real possum. This is like people. Teeth. People have been stealing French bulldogs recently. Have you seen this? They can take him. He's very expensive. <laughs> I think this one is not going to get kidnapped. Uh, no, he'll be the last one in this house. Look at this. Open the door. Just stand there. Uh, stay. He kind of looks like Bull from Night Court. He's so old. We'll post a picture of him when we uh, post this this episode. But he is very old. Yeah, so are we. Yeah, I know. It happens. Um, were you able to stay up late last night and watch the New Orleans Pelicans play basketball? You know what? I did. Oh, my God. That was exhilarating. That was uh, one of those crossroads in my life where, where it was like, I really want to go to sleep. But you know what? The Pelicans have been doing all right. Yeah. I think they deserve this from me. Yeah. And I stayed up, and for the first time in my life, making that decision to watch the Pelicans after 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. turned out pretty good. You know what it was? It was that they played probably the best quarter of the last decade in the first quarter of the game. Mm-hmm. They were on fire. They were everywhere on defense. They were shutting down three all-NBA-level players. And you're like, whoa, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is going on here? And even as the lead slipped a little bit, I think they only ended up the first half up eight. You could still feel like, oh, I think they could win this game. Everything yeah. in my body was saying live bet the Clippers. Live bet your entire kid's college education <laughs> on the Clippers right now. It was just my, my hand just kept gravitating. My thumb was just naturally shifting over to the DraftKings app. And I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. We don't want to do this to ourselves and make this not fun. Uh, and it turns out I would have lost a, a lot of money instead of the little money that I did lose um, <laughs> because the Pelicans did not do what the Pelicans do. And that is they weren't super reliant on one person. 
Uh, they defended like crazy. They rebounded well. They did not buckle as things got tough, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the third quarter where I thought things were going to come apart early. I think Herb Jones got a technical foul. Looked like there was some uh, some things bubbling up at the seams. They cooled it. They played great. Zion uh was not spectacular as a scorer, but he was just a good basketball player. Yeah, he had 10 assists. Yeah, he was good. And so there was just so many items where you're like, God, that was just as complete of a win as you could possibly get. Yeah, I mean, Zion really turned it on in the fourth quarter. He was just dominating that goofball on him plumbly. What were they doing? How is that who you defend him with? And they didn't change anything up. It was nice to see a coach not change anything up on the other side of the court for <laughs> once and for the Pelicans to take full advantage. I mean, I think the Pelicans won every single quarter. It yep. got to within six in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And that's when the wheels always fall off. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the Dyson Daniels steal on James Harden was really like a momentum changer yeah. when things were starting to go bad. And there were a lot of breakaway layups that mm-hmm. you never see the Pelicans get. Dyson Daniels, uh, I believe Herb Jones had another one. Yeah. And that Clippers crowd was on edge. You could tell that they wanted to go all in. Like, L.A. fans have paid a lot of money to be there. Yeah. Their lives suck because they live in Los Angeles. <laughs> they have 19 roommates. They live above a bowling alley, below another bowling alley. They want that team to win. So for the Pelicans to hold up and actually pull one out, not take it to overtime, not exhaust the resources to actually just win a game by being the better team, it was uh, the the best win of the season. Unquestionably. And for so uh, really the whole month of January, the line was, and it held true, the narrative of, they beat bad teams, they lose to good teams. And they were not just losing to good teams, they were getting destroyed mm-hmm. by every good team they played. And they were destroying every bad team they played. So it was like, where is this team's equilibrium? It was very hard to find. It's very hard to wrap your arms around a team when you don't think that their potential is terribly high. So it's like, it's nice to win, but it doesn't really feel all that meaningful or like you're playing for much when you feel like the ceiling is low. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of those wins that shatters that illusion of a ceiling on the team. Uh, not that they can necessarily beat the Clippers in a seven-game series or any of those type of things. We don't know the answers to that, but at least now you've seen a little bit of evidence that they can match up against a team with multiple stars that's playing really well, that is healthy, that is, I mean... I wouldn't even care home or road, but to do it particularly on the road, mm-hmm. all these things just feel uh, watershed for this iteration of the Pelicans. And it comes at a time where they really could use it because it had been such a long stretch of predictable results. Uh, and so to, to break that in the fashion they did uh, and then to have the trade deadline come the next day in which you do nothing that's a really nice thing to have. Yeah, that's a good uh, buoy to have at your uh, at your disposal. Is you can point to what happened last night. Be like, so look what we're capable of last night. Yeah. So it's like if if they had gotten blown out by twenty last night and every other good team had beaten them, be like, why on earth wouldn't you make a move? They weren't going to make a move one way or the other. I think it was. I don't think that game necessarily changed their thinking on the trade deadline. 
but it does help when you're pointing to what's going to happen. That was pretty much perfectly timed for David Griffin to not do anything at the trade deadline. Yeah, and that was a great uh, keep-your-job game. Everybody yeah. did exactly what they were supposed to. Yeah. It's also nice to see Valanchunas, whenever he plays, just another big dopey center who plays like a center from the <laughs> 90s. Like, he doesn't do great against, like, the Embiid's and the Anthony Davis's. Sure. But when you get another seven-foot-tall white guy who mm-hmm. just plants that pivot foot, yep. you've got yourself some 90s-style basketball. Yeah. And it's fun to watch. He just wrecked him in the first <laughs> half, I know. And he didn't play in the second half because of injury uh hopefully that's not serious he's such a badass i just have a hard time seeing him be out for a terribly long period of time uh but the fact he wasn't moved uh was definitely interesting i thought for sure he was the most likely candidate to be moved because this team does lack rim protection they do lack a rebounder at the end of game someone who you could go to and you're gonna and I I believe Zion's or uh, Jonas's contract runs out at the end of the season, so it's like there's a lot of reasons to move on from him. But he has done a lot for this team. It does feel like there's so many nights where they just sort of dump the ball inside and tell him to go to work to yeah. start the first quarter and to start the third quarter, and it's really effective, particularly for a team that shooting is so up and down. He is a nice steadying force offensively uh, that they need, and he does rebound the ball in the right moments. He just doesn't rebound the ball in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, but I think that's okay. Well, the prospects being, you know, it was like Jared Allen and Andre Drummond. It's like, I don't care. No, I don't care either. And I, yeah. I feel like I owe something to this team yeah. to see them through. There have been so many times where everybody said if they were just healthy, I know. well, they're finally healthy. I'm going to give them their due. I'm, I'm glad that they didn't do anything big and crazy. And, uh, you know, other than send Kyra Lewis off. Yeah. But <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> we'll Poor see. guy had the Viking funeral. Like, they just shipped him <laughs> off to see, like, yeah, Buddy the money. Elf. <laughs> well, who's going to take my spot on the team? Money. Exactly. It was like, yeah, you know, Gail, she needs to, uh, to <laughs> she, she needs that money pretty badly. She couldn't possibly pay the extra, you know, or $6 million or whatever it might be. Yeah, if we were going to keep him on the team, we'd have to do a GoFundMe. <laughs> So I think he understands. <laughs> the Pelicans are still one of two teams in the history of the luxury tax to never pay the luxury tax. I think Charlotte is the other one. Uh, and no coincidence, they are two of the worst <laughs> franchises in the NBA. Uh, and I believe have one series win, with, or maybe two series wins with the two of them since the luxury tax was enacted. Uh, it is uh, not shocking. I'll put it that way. Uh, I do feel good about where this team is though generally i also think they've got a giant opportunity in front of them on this road trip like they have the lakers as you're listening to this it'll either be tonight or will have occurred in the past uh a 9 30 game on friday night against the lakers on fox 8 it's kind of the uh, after parades and a big mardi gras night like it feels like the perfect storm to get people to care about the Pelicans. And almost every time that this exact spot occurs, there's a giant flaming dumpster fire (laughs) that unfolds on the middle of the court. Uh, I I do, for whatever reason, feel like they've got themselves in a pretty good position for a night like that, though. Yeah, I do, too. And it it always helps, like, they're not traveling, so Mm -hmm. they, they get a little more rest. Yeah. And 
Brandon Ingram has been playing out of his mind, and it feels like the team really wants to overcome that devastating Lakers blowout. Um, it's Mardi Gras right now. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of people watching this game very intoxicated in yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. And the, the atmosphere is there for it to happen. The Clippers win was very satisfying and great. Mm -hmm. But the Lakers win, I think, would signal a total change in this team for the rest of the season. Yeah, it would certainly uh, be the sort of jet fuel to get people really invested in the team. Uh, there's definitely been a standoff. Just, even though they've had good crowds, you have not felt a, uh, a total embrace of this team. People hate the Saints, you know, like, but they feel something for the Saints. Like, yes. You can very much uh, get an idea that the I, they are mad at the Saints. There, there's real passion there for uh, the goings on of the team. The Pelicans, it feels like everyone sort of checks out until they are given a very strong reason to right. check in. And they've kind of had a couple opportunities, dip their toe in the water, uh, a couple big Friday night home games. All of them went the wrong way pretty much immediately. This is uh, the biggest chance to do it, to do it on this road trip, then into the All-Star break, and then you're really in the finishing kick to the season, which is always a time where people kind of buy in, and then obviously the postseason. So this really feels like a crescendo kind of moment, and if you're listening to this on Saturday and they lost by 30, just know <laughs> I still do feel that was possible uh, in that particular game. Uh, and, it, you know, it is, it's the evil empire. The, it's it, the, the Lakers, even though they have a worse record than the Pelicans, it's LeBron, it's AD. It's like this is the exact setup for how you get people to give a shit about a team here. Yeah, and they they turn it up. They care. It's a real rivalry. Yeah. The Anthony Davis trade is still fresh in everybody's mind yeah. when those teams are playing each other. Yes. And they take the Pelicans to the woodshed <laughs> more often than not. I do believe the Pelicans whooped them, was it New Year's Eve mm -hmm. in New Orleans? So that was uh, a, a bit of revenge. But yeah, to do it there and to do it on the, the heels of beating the Clippers like that and Griff showing a lot of faith in this roster to keep them all together, uh, I do think that will be especially meaningful and as I, I also think it's probably going to be if the game is close at all i think it'll be one of the highest rated games regular season games ever on you know local uh nba here. you know i think it's also interesting how much more the focus has turned to how good brandon ingram has been playing yeah. when zion has secretly been playing much better yeah but they're not utilizing him in the zion way of just being a monster from space jam yeah point zion is a less flashy fun position for zion but he's arguably playing the best basketball of his career and everybody's talking about brandon ingram because mm -hmm. people like points People like points, and Brandon Ingram, I mean, he's the coolest-looking basketball player of all time. He looks like he should be incredible at basketball, and he is. And that f that fadeaway, he's like almost flat to the ground it's when he incredible. does it. It's insane how he does it. It's so Dirk-like, right, yeah. where it just feels like when he's hitting that fade, it feels impossible to stop. Yeah. And it's like unless you can stop him from getting the ball there – it's it's two points. There's no more demoralizing shot for the other team. Yeah. Like you can't defend against it. <laughs> no. So it's a huge boost for the Pelicans and and you know Ingram's not he's not an all-star this season, but he's he's playing like it now. Yeah, he's been really good for a lot of games and I love Point Zion. I 
the idea of Zion having the ball in his hands is so much more dynamic than when C.J. McCollum has the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Running pick and rolls with Zion, having Zion, having the option when you know your point guard has the ability to go straight at the basket no matter who's guarding him, and you know they're going to have to throw a double team at him, it opens up the whole thing. I'm not totally sure why it took them this long to get to the point where they knew. I mean, Stan Van Gundy did this halfway through his first season. He was like, yeah, give Zion the ball. Everything becomes easier offensively as long as he's willing to make the right play. He has shown over and over again in the last few weeks he is willing to make the right play. He is not selfishly going at the basket every single time he has the ball. He's doing it occasionally. He's not as effective on those layups as he once was, which I don't know if that's luck or if that's skill or strength or whatever. I I don't know what the reason is for his accuracy on those being a little down, but he's more often than not making the correct play And that is powering this offense into being something totally different. And I think it's energizing him because he's playing better defensively. He's rebounding. He's getting out in the break. Like all of the things that we've bitched about fat Zion not doing because he's fat. All of a sudden that stuff kind of doesn't. It's not showing up anymore. And I think a lot of it is just because he has the ball in his hands. Yeah. That's like a, a, a major factor in this team going forward you need him to have energy which you would think would be like a thing you don't have to ask for but we've watched him play long enough that is a thing you have to ask for with him yeah but it's it's going right right now and it seems like he is he's playing his best basketball and he certainly seems to be enjoying it i'm you know the wind stacking on top of wins is helping with that but he's also just being used in the right way and it doesn't seem to be as uh detrimental to his health the way he's playing right now like he's not in a lot of high-risk situations where he's jumping 500 times a game yeah and unlike november and what he doesn't seem aloof anymore either yeah there was a time where it was like kind of emo zion right where he was sort of like every time you watch him you're like he doesn't seem to talk to anybody on the team no one seems to really like him he's pulling his bucket cap lower and lower (laughs) it's like there's a lot of emo whatever going on with him and i haven't gotten that from him in a while at least a month or so where i thought this guy looks miserable he's about to ask for his way out of town i don't get that impression at all anymore and winning does cure a lot of these things but i do feel like his role Makes more sense. And even though he's getting criticized still, like Brian Windhorst killed him at halftime mm-hmm. yesterday saying he's like the most inconsistent player in the league and they need him to show up more because he only had two points at halftime. It's like, hey, man, I thought Zion played fine. Yeah. They don't need him to score 25 points. A they game. clearly don't, especially in that game. Yeah. It's like they need him to play with energy. They need him to have defenders run at him and him make the right play. That's not a guy like this isn't Kobe Bryant. Like he doesn't need to score 30 points because he's like the world's greatest scorer who can score from it. He can do one fucking thing scoring the ball, which is all he can do is go as hard as he can to the basket and try a layup with his left hand. And if that doesn't work, he's got nothing else. (laughs) So if he's only scoring two points, it just means that's not working. It doesn't mean the offense isn't working. Uh, And so there's. There's no reason for him to force it if it's not there. Yeah, that's uh, short-sighted commentary. It's just stupid. For a guy who's smart, like Brian Windhorst is very smart and understands basketball very well, Like this team has a lot of other options, particularly Ingram and McCollum can both get going from a lot of other areas that Zion can open up 
particularly with the ball in his hands. Yeah, there's everybody on the Pelicans can shoot threes. Like that's something that yeah. Winhurst is he's not watching the team. He doesn't know. He thinks that there's yeah. only two options and well, Zion should be getting 36 a game. Yeah, they are so hot and cold shooting that I understand the it's like, well, you don't want to give Herb Jones the ball to shoot threes. You don't yeah. want to give Dyson Daniels the ball to shoot threes, which you probably don't. But it doesn't mean they cannot make them. Right. And Trey Murphy's been cold, but he can make them. You know, like, and when CJ is good, I, we all killed CJ. CJ McCollum deserves a giant apology from everyone who watched the last <laughs> six weeks of last season because everyone called him a loser and a bum and a wine-sniffing D-bag. And the fourth quarter of a lot of games. Yeah, and it's like, no, none of that was true. He was the only guy with any balls, and he was playing very injured, and he, while he is not the most physical specimen that's ever graced an NBA court, he is still a damn good scorer. Yeah, he looked so comfortable against the Clippers. Yeah. He was left wide open, and he was just making him pay. Yeah, he's done that a lot this season. Mm-hmm. He's been really – I would – Ingram's probably been their best player overall, but McCollum's probably been their most important player, right? He, he might be the MVP of the team because yeah. he's been such a valuable guy and so much more consistent than everybody else. So I give him a lot of credit. I give this team a lot of credit. I am – I'm not going to say I'm bought in because I really don't think – any differently of them than I did a few months ago. I think they are a good roster that can win enough games to be the fourth or the sixth seed, and that's probably where they'll end up. But I really do like him, and I, I, I like this team, and I am excited to watch them play, and that's the first time I've been able to say that at this time in a while. Because even this time two years ago when they made the playoffs, I was not excited to watch them at this time. <laughs> they got better at the very end. This is a, uh, a good start to the season. It's been fun to watch so far. On that note, <laughs> we'll take a little break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little Saints. We got some local stuff. Stick around. We'll be right back. Polk and Kush. Looking for a super offer? <laughs> <laughs> for Super Bowl 58, DraftKings has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. What are some of the lines and available odds in for ca- the Super Bowl? In case you haven't looked, the 49ers are two-point favorites. Huh. So that's good. I have no official opinion on that. <laughs> The over is 47 and a half. I also have no professional opinion on that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Polk and Kush. New customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code Polk and Kush. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Or in West Virginia, call, <laughs> visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or <laughs> visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly, please. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. 
Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 168 hours? How long is that? What? <laughs> is that what you just said? I don't... What, what am I talking about? I don't know. I, there's so many numbers going on there. That was wild. At least you can say Super Bowl. You don't have to say the big game. Well, it started off with the big game, yeah. so I figured I couldn't say Super Bowl, and then they threw a Super Bowl in there. <laughs> the big game is... I don't understand when people have to say that instead of whenever saying Super you're, Bowl. Whenever you're like a crappy bar, yeah. and you're like, hey, we've got free hot dogs for the big game. <laughs> Yeah, any furniture store that's doing, yeah. That, yeah, the NFL is going to sue Homedale for saying. <laughs> you mean Roger Goodell knocking on the door at Henry's Bar? Be like, uh, no, these are not Super Bowl specials. These are the big game specials, yes. Yeah, I have noticed a lot of podcasts saying the big game. I was like, I don't understand on a, a freaking podcast why you wouldn't be able, like, you know, if you're. If you're talking about the Super Bowl, you can say the Super Bowl. I guess you can't sell something with it. I don't you know. can't have any affiliation with the Super Bowl whatsoever. But, yeah, I don't understand. Unless you uh, pay the money, probably. Yeah, probably a lot of it. I got to stop saying this is the, s- the official podcast of the Super Bowl. <laughs> and the Beatles. <laughs> there's going to be some... Uh, algorithm, some program that the NFL has that says anyone that says the official podcast of the Super Bowl, and they're going to come and give us a cease and desist letter. I uh, I put out a live album like seven or eight years ago, and I originally uploaded it to YouTube with Andrew Polk presents the Beatles too, <laughs> and it immediately got taken down. Like when you pretended to be Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't work out for you. That was the eternal ban from Twitter when I changed my profile to Donald. <laughs> Trump and tweeted that drunk driving was legal and like thousands of people retweeted it. Good news, everyone. <laughs> I decree drunk driving legal. Remember when the internet was fun? Yeah, that was the long, long. That was a very long, long time, time ago. ago. But yes. now we have gambling. So. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's one way the internet can still be fun. Losing all of your money or winning it. Anything can happen on Giraffe Kings. I don't think they listen this far into the show. No, yeah, I hope not. That's I would. I would. I'm just assuming they're they've stopped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so on our rundown here, we have the next topic is the Saints, and all you wrote was still <laughs> losers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> what else can you say? They are, in fact, still losers. The Saints did hire an offensive coordinator. Uh, Mr. Kubiak, his father, very famously Gary Kubiak, uh, who was the uh, offense coordinator for the, I think he was the head coach, yeah, of the Broncos when they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, I believe. And he was the offense coordinator there when for a long time. Ninety-eight. No, he was the what Peyton. What year was that? Fourteen, fifteen. What year was that? When, when they, they played beat, the Panthers. Yeah, I think he was the head coach okay. of the Broncos. This is a very educated podcast we got going. We're not even talking about the guy the Saints hired. This is his dad. Which is meaningless. <laughs> I do remember when Tennessee hired Lane Kiffin the first time, and the big selling point, everyone was like, he's going to bring his dad to be the defensive coordinator. It was like, well, they should. If you were that excited about it, we should have just hired his dad. You know what I love to do? <laughs> Work with my dad. 
was like, I was like, my dad knows a lot about accounting. I don't know how to count. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't mean shit if you don't know, you know. So, um, it is a very, uh, it, I guess it's an interesting hire. He's been an offense coordinator sparingly in other places before, but being a part of the 49ers where he is the passing game coordinator, uh, I believe that just gives you automatic credence uh, because they have such a fantastic offense and uh, they've obviously done such a great job with Brock Purdy uh, developing him, developing him. Uh, so there is a lot to be excited about, especially after the Saints interviewed, I think, 12 or 13 uh, candidates. And they came away with a guy who, if nothing else, his name and his background uh, people feel really good about because a lot of those guys interviewed were screw-ups. Yeah, but they were just interviewing those guys to pass the time. Yeah, believe it or not, this was the guy they wanted all along. <laughs> they didn't want anybody else who ever got hired. Well, for, sometimes you, know, you need teams. to have 13 backup options. <laughs> I mean, if any team sincerely did need 13 backup <laughs> options, it would be the Saints. You know, just like when you applied for colleges, you applied to 14 safety schools, and then you ended up with the one you wanted to. Uh, yeah, that was that was the most obvious. I wish I could have found a gambling line on that that whoever they end up hiring will be the guy they wanted from the start it doesn't matter what actually happened but that will definitely be the line that is paired it i think he was the guy they wanted from the start though. sure he was the best <laughs> maybe he seems like a good guy like i have no problem with him as the candidate but i just there was no question that was going to happen he was the most recognizable yes and he's going to the super bowl this year yeah the big game <laughs> He's going to be there as the passing game coordinator. Uh, yeah. People had a lot of opinions on this hire. I will say my the only real opinion I have is that it's a very good thing. He's never worked with Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. He never came close to working for the Saints. This is a totally different thing. He's swooping in entirely from the outside. He has no preconceived notions about what it means to be with the Saints offense, what it means to... Uh, you know, have any connection to the entire era uh, spanning from 2006 forward. And that is a nice break uh, for a team that has run the same offense for a really, or at least remnants of the same offense for a really, really long time. Uh, the Saints famously did not have any motion really last year. They were, I think, the lowest NFL team in terms of pre-snap motion. Uh, that is definitely going to change. There's a lot of things that will look a lot different and different in this circumstance is likely automatically good. Can I tell you my prediction? What's your prediction? Saints start the season 0-6, and, and they fire him. Okay. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> will, they, will they also fire Dennis no, Allen? No. Not at all. Because <laughs> Tom Landry started 0-6 in 1961. <laughs> so <laughs> Being attacked by... Yeah, what are these moths? I think so. God, this is a real nature episode we've got out here. What is that? Oh, my goodness. Oh, now he's crippled. We're good. Guys, this is this is high yeah, form just of entertainment. Hit here. my phone with a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah, get that water all over the <laughs> recording equipment. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't feel. Uh, I feel like a badger is going to come out of the woods. I know. Any what moment, is going on here? It's because it's park. Um, this is not nearly as bad as we're making it sound. No, to it's our literally listeners. one moth. There's a moth, and Kush is like, "What is that?" 
<laughs> what are we in a shanty town? I didn't sign up to be in the woods. <laughs> and he's hitting it with a Nokia phone, like the first note. What is that? It's a it's a child's oh, it's play a toy. Thing. Yeah, okay, the step company is calling. Well, it's modeled after the first Nokia phone. And it has a dead moth at the bottom of it now. <laughs> Good radio. Um, <laughs> the, this is still like the best podcast <laughs> that you can get for the Pelicans and the Saints. No question. Guys hitting bugs with a phone after saying like, hey, DraftKings, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks I, for the money. <laughs> I I I feel like the Pel- the Saints offensive problems were very easy to blame on Pete Carmichael last year. Uh and I believe it's more on the players and the head coach than it was ever really on the system. Uh but this will obviously give them an opportunity to prove that and yeah, if they struggle, they they really don't have anywhere to turn. Uh they hired they signed Derek Carr. They've hired their own offensive coordinator. Everything is very much in this era now, and they're not clinging to the past. Even though they said that the reason that they kept Dennis Allen is because they wanted to keep they had the right people in the building, and they just needed to press on. That turned out to be obviously complete bullshit, and nobody believed that, and they didn't believe it. And like basically, the entire coaching staff from Dennis Allen's first season is is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least most of them. And so here we are. This is all Dennis Allen's team, and he's going to sink or swim with this. And I don't think it's a bad hire by any stretch of the imagination. But to take a victory lap on it seems a little weird, too. Yeah. Right? I mean, people are acting as if they know what this means. There's like 15 new corners in the NFL this year. You have no idea. Yeah, it's just the Saints don't really know what's happening i yeah. think publicly they're even kind of a yeah. little confused about the because it's not a transition anymore now this is who you are yeah you've run out of transition excuses now this is just a team with somebody in the driver's seat yeah and he's which is scary yeah <laughs> he's he's not very good uh he's driving the bus and he's missing all the stops yeah. and he's riding in both lanes yeah. and somebody's drinking on the bus. Yeah, and every off season the local uh fans and press have kind of said the national media is underestimating where the Saints are and right now I believe the Saints even with the Kubiak news are still about 80 to 1 uh to win the Super Bowl, which is low. Mm-hmm. Uh that is a, a very long shot in the NFL and that feels way more right than whatever we're going to be told in August, which is like they're the favorites to win the division because the division's bad, which is definitely what's going to be said. Yeah, it's going to be said. It might not necessarily even be wrong. Yeah. But it's it seems at this moment that it's really just going to be a repeat of the previous season. You know, it seems like some names are going to get shuffled around. Are we going to see Michael Thomas? Are we going to see Alvin Kamara? The defense is a million years old. Who's going to be here? Because the Saints had two sides to pick. They had the players, and they had Dennis Allen's side. And Dennis Allen's side, unfortunately, includes Derek Carr. Yeah. And the Saints have gone that route. So I think you're not going to see some of the, you know, Marshawn Lattimore is the best player on the Saints. Who knows what's going to happen with that? Yeah. Michael Thomas is, 
you know, Michael Thomas is going to be like a bar trivia question <laughs> in 15 years. People go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember him. Yeah. Like the guy with all the records and didn't do anything once yeah. he got him. That was pretty much it. Until yeah. he like goes to the Steelers next year. Oh, he'll and- be on the Chiefs. I yeah. have no doubt he'll be winning the Super Bowl <laughs> this time next year. He will be catching a six-yard slant across the middle and winning the Super Bowl this time next year. You can mark that down. You just got to ignore all of the Saints stuff until opening kickoff. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Michael Thomas stuff was interesting. It showed a very clear schism, right, between himself and not only the reality. Front office. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, who's the good guy in this situation? Derek Carr seems like a complete douchebag on a hundred different levels, right? But Michael Thomas obviously hated Derek Carr. He blamed him for getting injured, which is insane. Guys throw behind receivers sometimes. It's not the end, like, didn't cause you to get hurt. Like, that just happens in football games. Like, Drew Brees threw behind guys every now and again, too. It didn't happen often, but it did mm-hmm. happen. It's like, that's not a direct, he wasn't trying to hurt you, you know? Um, and then he just sort of went off on the team as a whole, and he just seems like a crazy person. But at the same time, I, I also think, that Derek Carr sucks, and I also think the team is stupid and sucks, and is out of. So it's it's very hard to know who to side with. Uh, ultimately, I I just kind of blame everyone, uh, and Derek Carr sort of tried to defend himself with Michael Thomas, and he came out sounding like a loser, like he usually does. We like didn't really come back at him, but he also didn't really defend himself. He didn't, it was like a very weird um, back and forth, and I think that relationship not going forward. Is probably for the best for everyone. Yeah. So, new offense coordinator, same quarterback. Uh, you're going to have a lot of the same problems. I, I'm not hopeful, but I'm also don't think they're any worse off than they were a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, if you give me the option of Dud, Derek Carr, and Crazy Michael Thomas, I'm always going to go crazy because at yeah. least Crazy is interesting. Yeah, it's fun. Cra- something can happen. Yeah. With crazy. With Dud, you're just stuck I know. with another eight-win season yep. trying to claw your way into getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly where they're going to be. And you know what? The weather is too nice, and the parades are rolling uh-huh. for me to concern myself with it right now. <laughs> I'm hoping that we see maybe some floats making fun of the Saints. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Yeah, it should be an interesting time. Uh, you know, Crew DeVue is not going to touch it. No, God, no. They're not sports fans. <laughs> no, they don't know anything about no, that. They're going to, if there was like an anime adaptation of the Saints, <laughs> then maybe they could make fun of it. Or if they can have something going up someone's butthole. That's, they're big into that, too. <laughs> Dennis Allen, maybe getting, uh, you know, uh, on, his, on his boobs. Oh, God, the Saints, man. That makes you sad. Um, all right, on that note, we'll take a little bit of a turn and talk about our fair city some local breakdown. It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put pass in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> this was a post on Reddit, uh, the New Orleans Reddit. You ever go on there? Yeah, every now and again. It's yeah. kind of a weird place yeah it feels like uh whenever you walk into like a sex shop <laughs> and you're like yeah it's kind of gross in here and i'm i need one thing i'm just gonna look around real quick 
Oh, boy. And hope nobody sees me. <laughs> it is. There's always uh, a conversation about something that seems wildly obvious and then wanting their people's opinion on it. It's like, should I move into this part of the, you know, the, the ninth ward? It's like, no. <laughs> no. Should I move into the abandoned hospital in the Bywater? <laughs> I met a guy named Ice Pick, and he said he needed a roommate. <laughs> well, this was on there, and I just thought it was kind of interesting. And we're a show for the people. Oh, let's let's make a public announcement. This person said, "Hey, y'all, got a pretty alarming scam call the other day. The guy was pretending to be an Orleans Parish police officer and said that I missed jury duty and a warrant was out for my arrest." He wanted to transfer me to the bond office for payment to avoid arrest. He was pretty convincing. He had my address, and he described a signature of the document I signed. Spacing out on jury duty does kind of sound like me. Anyway, I asked him for paperwork, and the lie started to unravel, but I could see someone getting fooled. I called NOPD to tell them about this, and they said that they were aware of it, but they did not seem to be doing much about it. (laughs) That's a pretty good scam. That's a very smart scam. It's so specific. Like, you know, you think of these scam calls, you think of like a call center in another country. Of course, and, yeah. You know, somebody in wherever, I'm not going to name names. No, but we know. Because I'll have to edit them out. <laughs> well, we know. <laughs> but if somebody said they were like an Orleans Parish officer and yeah. I'm wanted for something, immediately my mind is going to go to, well, they didn't mail this out yeah. and I'm still responsible. For, or they did mail it out and my mailman, when he was stealing all of my Christmas cards, <laughs> he got this jury duty notice in there too. Or I threw it away because I was drunk. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't think there's a fine or anything for not responding to jury duty. I don't know what. There's got to be some consequence, right? I'll tell you what it is in California. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You can ignore it for like up to three letters and then they'll send it to you federal mail. So you have to sign for it because they can't prove that you got it and opened it and understood it otherwise. Certified. But when they send it certified mail and you sign for it, then you can go, aha. Now, I doubt Louisiana does that or anything like that. But this is, you got to watch out for these scams. Yeah, that's that's a really, uh, I wonder if I would have gone for that. Probably. I'm pretty stupid. Yeah. I feel like they'd have my money. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, you win. Yeah, I'm just going to call you and be like, hey, it's... it's uh, the, the You won a radio contest. Give me your credit card number. <laughs> like, all right, cool. Uh, man, it just seems like at some level it's easier to just work than it would be to do some of these scams. Maybe so. Uh, I put a couch up on Facebook today for sale and immediately got scammed. (laughs) They were like, hey, we want to buy this without haggling or seeing it. And uh, also, we're going to pay you immediately. It was like a Venmo (laughs) scam where they act like the Venmo didn't go through and then my account's locked Uh and I have to pay to unlock it. All for an Amazon couch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't want the couch. No. They just want your Venmo. I'm just going to throw it in the yard. <laughs> it sounds uh, better. <laughs> like, I don't need $30 this yeah. bad. And you can just sit out there, too, like Boomhauer. Yeah. Make sure nobody puts tires out there. Yeah. Near it. Um, confiscated on Bourbon Street. What do you think it is? Guns, rocket launchers, yes, knives? Yes, chainsaw. 
fake weed, uh-huh. real weed. Kratom? No, it was a snake. Whoa. Vinder arrested after a large python confiscated on Bourbon Street. What happened to the snake? This is the question we're all asking. <laughs> a roughly 10-foot-long python that police confiscated from an illegal exhibition on Bourbon Street this weekend is vacationing at the Audubon Zoo for the foreseeable future. There was somebody on Bourbon Street, and he had one of those big, uh, like, you know, the snake that Britney Spears, like, danced around with? Oh, yeah, the, the Slave for You uh, snake? Yeah, yes. yeah. We've all watched that one and rewound it a couple of times. <laughs> Well, they're really uh, cracking down on people on Bourbon Street selling like the fake weed and all that shit. But not on real snakes. But the snake guy, the snake was confiscated at 10.15 p.m. Saturday, prime snake hours, Mm -hmm. uh, by an officer patrolling the French Quarter. (laughs) That was his knee. (laughs) (laughs) He would hold the snake up and solicit viewings from passerbys. The snake, uh, they arrested this guy, 43-year-old Jason, fake last name, for possession (laughs) of a wild or exotic animal and exhibition without a permit. All right. The police are arresting people for having a big old snake without a permit. Mm. Can we do something? Like, no one has a license plate. Literally no one. No. No. My neighbors don't have a license plate. You don't have a license plate. I have a temporary license plate. But you can't see it. <laughs> That's how we get them. So I think what these people need to do is get a fake paper snake. Uh-huh. I can't, like, the, the laws that are in, enforced in this city are hilarious. It's like, we don't do anything really about carjacking. We don't do much about, you know, shooting each other. But, you know, giant snake, we're getting on that one ASAP. Well, the snake snake does seem dangerous. It has killed less people than a gun. I guarantee it. (laughs) I I just find, what's the guy doing with the snake? I don't even understand. He's asking people to, like, hold it, and then they take take a a picture, picture, and then he asks for money. They still don't owe him any money, though. Ever, let, I guess, unless they want to get the snake back. Have you like, ever been to like Man's Chinese Theater? Yeah, there's know, a bunch like, of people yeah. in the costumes, yeah, and they take a picture with you, and then they demand money because you were in the picture with yeah, them. Yeah, that's not a legally binding contract. You can just walk away. You can, but the man has a giant snake. <laughs> he's 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 less scared of you. <laughs> yes, pythons are big, but aren't totally uncommon pets. This one, which needs to eat once about every two weeks, appeared healthy and had recently been fed when it got to Audubon. Oh, my God. This is part of Mayor Latoya Cantrell's administration cracking down on unpermitted street activities on Bourbon Street. Oh, good. Except for <laughs> shooting people and drug dealing. And, and mugging each other in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the snake. I understand all of you got uh, taken by hookers and all of your money got stolen. We're not that worried about that. We hey, got the snake. <laughs> you're not selling hamburgers over there, are you? We better not be. Then a white bag. <laughs> this is this is a funny week for the news because, like, I'm I'm looking for uh, everything is completely buried by like somebody threw out a doubloon. Oh, I know. It's so <laughs> the coverage of Mardi Gras is hilarious. Like, what's the theme for Babylon? <laughs> Who cares? Somebody got their head chopped off on Magazine Street. Uh, This is a story that was buried. Uh, WWL covered it. It took so long for a burglar to saw into an ATM that he pulled up a chair. 
got to have your, you know, got to have your full strength for when you're doing that. Dramatic security video shows two people breaking into an ATM at a Lakeview gas station using a power tool. There have been several high-profile threats of the same nature in the last year, including two at the same gas station. It's crazy, said the owner of the gas station, whose name I can't pronounce, <laughs> who manages... <laughs> who is driving and moving his family to North Carolina as we speak. He and his brother, who owned the business, were woken up by a phone call from police at 4 a.m. Monday. They arrived at the store to find the ATM cut up. The thieves had left the wires messed up, quote-unquote, <laughs> yeah. and the alarm system damaged as well. There's a video here that shows two men covered from head to toe they're in this gas station and they have like a power saw and they begin sawing the atm to get it open oh my god and it is such a laborious endeavor that one of them grabs a chair from a nearby table <laughs> and sits in it while he is sawing the atm it's either a saw or an angle grinder I mean, the only police officer in lakeview has got his feet kicked up <laughs> the back of his car for about eight minutes, sparks fly around the masked intruder until the doors spring open and the two make off with the cash box inside. I think they are professionals, the owner said with a laugh. This is the third time since acquiring the gas station eight months ago that the owners have dealt with an ATM theft. Eight months ago? The first time they came through the door, they broke the lock. The second time they came through the side door and broke the lock. The second time, the thieves took the entire ATM. Might be time to go cash-free, fellas. <laughs> it's a crime that got a lot of attention in early 2023. ATMs were getting stolen and broken into at many spots around the city, including Tasty Donuts on Esplanade, where the suspects drove a truck through the wall before making off one. with the machine. We, we definitely covered that. This yeah. is more like a bank robbery with the amount of money that is stolen and the amount of damage that is done. That's awesome. State lawmakers have passed a law upping the jail time for people convicted of ATM theft. You know, it's hard to do. Convict people who drive away after 15 minutes of sawing the ATM in half like the amazing Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> what in God's name? This place. That's incredible. Did you see the did you see the Breaking Bad episode where the meth head stole the ATM? No. All right. Well, that won't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I watched one episode of Breaking Bad. It was a little slow, and then I didn't do it. I, and I never. I then by principle, I never watched it again. And everyone's like, "It's literally the greatest show." It's it was a little season. slow, but you went to every Saints game this season. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I've seen every episode of Entourage <laughs> eleven times. You've seen every episode of The Saints. <laughs> yeah. I've watched the Dennis Allen era more often than not. Oh, God. All right. On that note, we love each and every one of you. Have a wonderful, happy Mardi Gras. Please rate this show on Spotify. Five stars. And uh, enjoy the sunrise coming up over St. Charles Avenue for those of you enjoying this podcast while waiting for your families to crush you. We love you all. We'll talk to you very soon. Happy, happy Mardi Gras. See you.